The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Draftmas to you. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Draft Show, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. Find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Jacob, how you doing today, my man? Good. It's been a good day for the most part. Uh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week, but it's, I did have a little stumble this morning. What I, happened? Well, I was getting a coffee at a local coffee shop named the roastery in kansas city if you're local you'll you, you know delightful. Of it. Good, delightful good little spot but uh on the way in i took a mental note of hey it's icy right there <laughs> don't step there on the way out <laughs> so on the way out there i am coffee in my left hand phone in my right hand and i was mid-step on that spot that i had told myself earlier not to step on and i realized <laughs> there i was on it before I knew it, my feet were above my head, and my coffee saved it for the most part. Not much spilled, but unfortunately, my <laughs> phone in my other hand, I tried to break my fall with that hand, and so right now, I have a phone that is just absolutely shattered. But besides that, it's been a good day. So, uh, question. I mean, I don't, I don't know if your brain can work like this, but $3 coffee, $1,300 phone. I know. What? <laughs> Why? I don't know. You gotta Instinct. make sure that that's coffee. My, that's my stiff arm hand. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I've thought of that too. And um, oh, every sip of coffee I had today out of that coffee, I kept thinking, wow, this would, I wish I just would have smashed this instead. <laughs> um, I can't say it's been a bad week for me like that. And part of the reason, Jake, because we finally got to announce that in April, on April 8th, we are releasing the KC Draft Guide. And I am so absolutely excited. We've been sitting on this news for such a long time. It's something that we've, Jake, we talked about this. We started thinking about doing this like February, March of last year. Yeah, we've been waiting to break the glass on this for a while. <laughs> and I think if you go out and and you purchase this, it'll it'll shatter your expectations of, of what of any other previous draft guide that you had. I think the big thing about this, Kent, and look at especially from like an outsider's perspective, as being a Packers fan, Chiefs my second team they are but i think this is really cool because you get it and i think someone on twitter put it really well they're like okay so if i get this i'll be the smartest person 
in my in my DMs. My, in my DMs or in my group text immediately? And the answer to that is yes, because every <laughs> single player has a, a pretty nice write-up about specifically how they would fit with the Kansas City right. Chiefs. And I think that's kind of our whole point is we want to provide something that is completely focused on the Chiefs. It's not how someone fits the Dolphins. It's how every player fits the Kansas City Chiefs. So what we are what we're gonna have is we're gonna have over two hundred write-ups on prospects at every position, even quarterback. How they fit with the Chiefs, they don't because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. But we're gonna have two hundred over two hundred write-ups. We're gonna have three hundred prospects graded. We're gonna have all kinds of features. Um, everything you'll need for draft weekend and leading up to draft weekend. It will be available to you. Just, just, just so you guys can find it. Uh, it's gum.co, G-U-M. dot co slash KC Draft. You can pre-order it. It releases April eighth, and uh, we got a we got a promo code for you guys. Promo code Draftmas. D-R-A-F-T-M-A-S. So you can get this for less than the price of a Chipotle burrito. You can get it for six ninety nine uh, on this pre order. We're so excited to release this. It's something that you know we're really passionate about the draft. We, you know, obviously, we're doing a draft show. This is our second year doing a draft show. We're we're really excited to kind of do you know stuff that we've been doing. All we, we've been Jake. We graded prospects before we had a podcast. Yep. You know, this is something that is like just ingrained in us. Something it's that we're all passionate about. Um, Jake, Matt, Craig, and I. We're all doing this together. And uh, would love for you guys to, to check it out. We're actually going to go ahead and uh, ha- give away a, a draft guide right now. So we're going to do a little little trivia here. Um, the promo code that if you go to gum.co slash KC draft, or you can find it all a link on our Twitter account, uh, the promo code for our nickname for Byron Murphy, if you know that, there is a free draft guide promo code out there uh, for you go ahead and go to the uh, to the site and you can you can if you're the first person to enter the promo code for our nickname for Byron Murphy you're going to get a free draft guide. Um, let's go ahead and just start moving into this stuff. Today we're going to be talking about offensive prospects, uh, kind of a combine preview on the offensive side of the football. And so um, we're going to ask Matt and Craig the same question. I want to know, um, you know, the player you're most excited to see and then also, um, you know, the offensive player that you think that can help that they can that can help themselves the most. So I'll just start, Jake. Uh, the player that I'm most excited to see at the NFL Combine here next week is Devin Singletary, a running back from Florida Atlantic. Uh, he is my current running back two. I think he'll probably he's firmly there at running back two. I don't think he's going to be able to surpass Josh Jacobs, but. Um, I think this kid, uh, he's about 200 pounds. He's, he, he kind of looks like Shady McCoy at times when he's running. He's got fantastic lateral agility. Um, he's able to miss, make guys miss. And then he's got pretty good contact balance for a guy his size. Yeah, and honestly, when, we, when you talked about him and the way you described him, he's actually a guy I just got to this last week. I was shocked that he only weighs 200 pounds. Yeah. He's a smaller back, but not the way he runs. He runs like a bigger back. He runs like a guy that's 220. And what was interesting is is I, I was kind of starting to think, and, and why I thought that was, well, gosh, if people are so high on, on Josh Jacobs, why aren't we higher on Dev, Devin Singletary? Right. I mean, he is one of the most productive college running backs in, in the recent memory, too. I mean, the guy has scored almost 
as many touchdowns as games he's played in, in his wow. college career, which is pretty incredible. Um, he, he's a fun back. And honestly, by per his value, I would rather have Devin Singletary in the second round than I would you know, a Josh Jacobs in the first yeah. easily. And I think what with Singletary, I think there's some question marks in the passing game. He didn't have a ton of catches in his career. So I think that's one of the things that if he can go out there and he can prove that, you know, he's capable, you know, in the passing game. I thought his pass protection was fine. I just think, he, you know, you want to see more of, about him as a pass catcher. Um, so and then how he, how he weighs in. What does he wind up weighing in at when he checks in? Uh, Jake, give me somebody that you're most excited to see on the offensive side of the football for the uh, for the combine. Yeah, this is someone that I've been pretty high on for a while. He really just kind of, I mean, he flashes on tape, and he's someone that I was kind of surprised people aren't talking about him more at the tight end position. So I'm really excited to see him because I, I think that he is going to, I think he's going to do really well at the combine. I think he's going to kind of catapult himself um, up into the conversation with, you know, right there with like a Noah Fant. I think TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end in this class, but I think that second, second, third tight end, um, right now, it's kind of Noah Fant, Irv Smith. But this is my guy, Jace Sternberger from Texas A&M. I love his game. I think he's a great athlete. I think he he's an exceptional route runner. And I actually I tweeted out today that I think Sternberger really belongs in that conversation with those Iowa guys. And I think he's going to prove it wow. at the combine. And someone asked me, like, well, you like him? You like him more than Irv Smith? And I do like him more than Irv Smith, just because I think he fits in a modern NFL offense much better than Irv Smith does. Now, is Irv Smith the better? blocker yes but i think jay sternberger is better at everything else i think he's a very comparable athlete and i think he's going to prove that this next week i think he's a, a, a much better route runner i think he could also kick to defensive end and play and play some dn for you if you want to can do you care to comment on that jake Tell us, I, a, so Jay Sternberger's uh, path to Texas A&M is, is interesting. I, David Beatty hire, uh, recruited him to come to the Kansas University, and he brought him in, and he was there for two years. And uh, they tried him at defensive end for a while. One catch for nine yards. <sighs> This guy was a. This guy was in the building. A, a great talent evaluation by David Beatty at Kansas University, and they wasted him. He he led the nation in receiving yards at the tight end just, position. Uh, oh, thanks, thanks, Jake. A guy, Appreciate a guy, it. a buddy I work with today told me though. But Ben Johnson is at KU, so that's why oh, Jay Sternberger didn't well, uh, didn't see the field. What's what's Ben Johnson up to now? No, he's no, in this draft class. No, he's not. I, he was here last year. He was, oh. he was in last year's class. I don't. I think he's, he's in the AAF. Selling, probably I, selling insurance. He's probably playing for the Orlando Apollos right now. They're pretty good. Uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm not over this, but we're going to keep moving on. Uh, uh, offensive players that you think can help themselves the most, I'll just start. So, DK Metcalf, a wide receiver from Ole Miss, I currently have the lowest grade on him of everyone on our draft team. I really like him as a player. I think his releases are fantastic. My biggest question for him right now is I have so many question marks about his route tree. Everything he basically ran was a go, a comeback, a hitch, a slant. Like that's really what you saw at a DK Metcalf. And he was great in those routes. Don't get me wrong. I just want to see if, if the combine allows us to see him run more routes. I know it's on air, but I just want to see it, especially since if you've been on Twitter at all, DK Metcalf is blowing up Twitter because his arms have blown up. They are huge. He looks like a defensive lineman. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and with him too, the, to be devil's advocate, I think De I think Metcalf is going to test really well. I'm really high on Metcalf. 
But, you know, some people are out there kind of, if you remember David Boston giving some of those comps <laughs> of, has he has he bulked up too much? Is he going to yeah. be too muscle-bound? Is he not going to run well? Is his, is his three-cone not going to be that well? Uh, not that good. So I think he's interesting, too, because of that. Because if he comes out and runs in the 4-4s, four 4-3, four runs a, a sub-seven three-cone, yeah. gosh, yeah, at that size... Over. And, um, and I think that freak. would kind of I think that would kind of slow down. Like I think that he's got it in him. I think he can run a full route tree. I I think he's capable of it. Maybe his maybe if his hips are a little tight from doing all this stuff to bulk up, maybe that isn't true. So like I just think there's some question marks out there. That's a guy whose draft grade will probably change once I see more of his route tree. And this might be an opportunity just to see a few more routes and see how he comes in and out of breaks with with different with in different spaces in the field. Jake, give me somebody that that you think can help themselves out here at the combine so this is kind of on brand for me because these are two of my favorite players in this draft class i already talked about sternberger the tight end but one of my favorite mid-round wide receivers in this class is a guy his name's jacoby myers he's he played opposite of uh, kelvin Harmon at uh, north carolina state I think if he made goes, Ryan Finley look good, yeah, he did. They did. <laughs> they did make him look good. Um, but I think if he can go out and run in the four fives and have pretty, just have a. I mean, he doesn't need to be. I don't. He's not a freak athlete, so we already know that. But I think there are questions about his athletic ability. I think if he can come out and prove that he's a pretty good athlete, I think he might. He, he's going to be able to help himself out a little bit because one. He played in the slot primarily, and he's like a six-two slot. But I think at the at the Senior Bowl. He talked about and we and we have him uh, talking to us about his experience at the senior bowl. But he talked a little bit about this about how he really wanted to go out there and prove that he can play outside too. Um, and I think a big part of playing outside for a guy like him is going out and showing that he has the athleticism to survive on the outside. Sure, um, because he he's a pretty nuanced route, route runner. I like the way he can create separation at the top of his routes. Um, really good, really good hands. What's really exciting about him too is he's pretty new to the wide receiver position. He actually was recruited as a quarterback to NC State couldn't beat out Ryan Finley so they moved him <laughs> moved him to a wide receiver and it seems like that was a really good choice because he's a very productive if, receiver if he for can't them. beat out Ryan Finley then it was a great decision yeah yeah that's true <laughs> I'm just saying that is true and he's gonna be making money as an NFL receiver um so I think he's a guy that can go out and and not only that but you know, there's a bubble of these second, third round wide receivers. So the NFL combine is going to be kind of, kind of the, the needle that, that pops that bubble bubble, I think, because some of these guys are going to need to separate themselves as far as athleticism, because their tape scores are all very similar. There's a lot of really good mid round talent. Um, but so who's going to rise to the top as far as um, athleticism? I think Jacoby Myers, a guy that could really help himself. And Jake, we're going to go ahead and play uh, a little bit of that interview that you had with Jacoby Myers at the Senior Bowl, and uh, we'll jump on and uh, have a little conversation with Maddie afterwards. Let me clarify this real quick, too, before we listen to it. Um, I, I mentioned to Jacoby that he's my wide receiver one. He's <laughs> he's not my wide receiver one. What I meant by that is he's. I said I meant to say Jacoby, you're my wide receiver one at the Senior Bowl, oh, and he was pre Senior Bowl. That's soft. That would be a very. Uh, That'd be a hot take. That was not a good one. <laughs> well, let's hear that interview right now. A guy like you that can go good, play inside, and create those mismatches. It's got to be exciting, I guess, to see, right? Exactly. It's a lot of plays we made on the field now, and the fact that slot receivers are getting a little bit more attention with all the mismatches they create, it's a blessing. It's the right time for me to come out. So. Playing outside, like, what's the, what are you trying to show this week when you're playing outside when you're lined up? 
I don't think they got a lot of chances to see me do it. I just want to show them that I can also dominate outside. I can go up, make those 50-50 catches with the best of them. I can create separation. So just bringing the whole tool bag and just putting it on display. How much of an adjustment do you have to make, if at all, when you're playing out there? Mm-hmm. Well, corners are, I mean, those are the best cover guys on the field against safeties and linebackers, you know. They're a lot quicker, a lot better with their feet for sure. So just being on your game, having a plan, there's a little bit more room for error in the slot. But, well, actually, not even anymore. In the NFL, they starting to come down, put hands on you, and that's still a cornerback guarding you. So, I mean, you get a little room for error, but you got to be, you got to have a plan either way. Coming into the coming into the Senior Bowl and leading up to the Combine coming up, what's your process been? I want to get my body mentally and physically ready, you know, and that's that's not an easy task because, I mean, you got interviews 24-7, people watching you 24-7, but I feel like you got to stay within yourself mentally and physically. Don't try to do more than what you really do, you know. Don't try to be somebody you're not. How's that process been? Because you look around, this isn't isn't normal, right? This isn't a natural thing. Um, So how do you feel you're handling that as as well as the guys that are here kind of walking through this together? I feel like this is just giving us a chance to be more comfortable with it because a lot of people, we didn't really get this. Like, some people went to smaller schools, some people went to big schools where they did, but we're just getting more comfortable with it every day, you know. They, I know they always testing us. they always trying to see who we are, but, I mean, like I said, the more we do it, the more we'll be ready for it down the road when it's our job. And so I've, I've watched all your season, all your senior tape, um, and I think, honestly, you know, you got Harmon across from you, but I, I personally feel like you're not getting enough respect. So I feel like coming into this week, you're my wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you going to live up to that hype? That's, that's a lot of hype coming from me, Jacoby. Hey, I've I never really been one of the most talkative ones off the field, but I, let's just say, I mean, I appreciate that. I definitely can go out there and show everything I can. I mean, it's hard to make it in that offense when you got two giants next to yeah. you, you know, two great playmakers with a great quarterback, but I found a way. So and are you still going. working out with Harmon? Uh, no, he's all the way out in California. Okay. Okay. Last question. Have you met with the Packers or Chiefs? I met with the Chiefs and not yet the Packers. Okay. How the, Chief, the Chiefs meeting go? Uh, it's great. You just got to be yourself. You yeah, can't try to be somebody you're not. You're so never going to know terrible. all the answers to the questions <laughs> they ask you. All right, buddy. Hey, good luck to you this week. I'll be rooting for you, all right? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we got Maddie Lane here in the building. You're on vacation and you're still joining us, Maddie. 
Yeah, I'm actually recording this from a hotel bathroom, so we're going to see how that goes. The uh, balcony <laughs> was a little too windy being right next to the ocean, so we are locked in a bathroom that doesn't actually have a door that shuts all the way, so this is going to have no problems. Matt, Jacob here. Is it snowing right now where you're at? Because there's a lot of <laughs> snow where we're at. Yeah, we got like a good six, seven inches of like this brown, like uh, sandy snow, but it's only kinda, near kinda the water. Warm. It's weird. Is it warm? Yeah, it gets warm really snow. hot in the sunlight. It's a strange Gross. thing. Do you, uh, do you, you were able to build a, a snowman out of it? No, you build a lot of castles out of it, actually. Oh, interesting. It's a, it's a odd snow. Yeah, I haven't seen the likes of it in a long Like, I haven't seen your guys' snow in a long time. I don't know why anybody would live somewhere that does that. I mean, didn't you live here your whole life before before you got married? Well, okay. <laughs> okay, Maddie, we're we're obviously we're previewing all the offensive players for the combine. Uh, wanted to ask you a couple about a couple guys. So, give me someone that you're most excited to see at the combine uh, on the offensive side of the football next week. Oh, I think the guy I'm most excited to see is going to have to be Scary Terry or Terry McLaurin at a wide receiver out of Ohio State. He was super good down at the Senior Bowl week. Like He was impressive every single day, both as a receiver and athletically. So I'm just excited to see what he can do when it's just testing. And the fact that the kind of buzz around the Senior Bowl week was just how he was going to blow up the testing, both running and the explosive jumps. So I'm just kind of excited to see what he's going to pull off down there. He was one of my. He was like one of the most pleasant surprises at the at the uh, Senior Bowl. I really enjoyed watching him play, and then I, I I kind of picked up when I was watching Dwayne Haskins, for instance. I saw him show up a couple times in those games as well. It was really impressive. Yeah, and it's something like he wasn't a huge part of their offense when they did throw the ball. It was definitely cycled more through Paris Campbell, another wide receiver coming out this year. So it was just interesting to see this guy that was essentially added just for his ability to play special teams all of a sudden look like one of the more polished receivers out there. So that plus being athletic, I'm down for that. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head, and we talked about that already. He was definitely invited just to, just because people wanted to see his ability as like a gunner. But what's also interesting is when you dig into him a little bit, he actually his production wasn't crazy good, but he still was a 700-plus yard receiver with double-digit touchdowns this last year. Yeah, and it was his yards per catch. I'm pretty sure we're way up there, too. I want to say in the 17-plus yeah. range. So it, 30, 30 some catches. I think he only had like 30 catches or 35 catches on the year. Yeah, so when he was getting the ball, he was doing damage. So I think you see the plan to be an explosive athlete at the Combine, so that's why I'm excited to see it. Okay, Maddie, give me someone that you think has a chance or can help themselves the most here uh, in Indianapolis next week. This is one of my favorite guys. It's another wide receiver. We're going to go with Hakeem Butler, wide receiver out of Iowa State. He's another big-bodied receiver, probably the best at the catch point in terms of getting the ball in the air in this class to me. But just being able to see him go out and test, especially the change of direction ability, that's kind of what I want to see from him is can he make tarp turns? What's his three-cone time? I don't care about his 40. Just want to see how much he changes directions. And I know Jake's not as big of a fan at him on him <laughs> as the rest of us, but that's okay. We got this guy going up in the air, snagging the ball. He's one of the few guys that elevates rather than staying flat-footed on the ground waiting for it to fall into his bread basket. Okay, Maddie, here – I. I fell for uh, Alan Lazard last year. So I've been burned by big Iowa State receivers. Tell me the difference between Alan Lazard and Hakeem Butler. All right, so Hakeem Butler already from the get-go has run more routes than Alan Lazard did. He played in the slot the year before, so he pretty much did everything out of the slot when Lazard was there on the outside. 
This year he kicks to the outside. He's definitely a little bit more of a leaner frame, and I think you see that. He's got some top-end speed. I'm not worried about his ability to run vertically, and that's kind of where he does his most damage is going vertical down the field. I just want to see his ability to make sharp cuts and his breaks. I think that was something that got people, Lazard, kind of beat people up on the combine, is he actually showed some athleticism on the combine field, and then anytime you watch his film, it just looks like a tight end still playing. So I think that was the big confusion there. Butler doesn't look that slow on the field, so if he tests well, it might actually translate better than it did with Lazard last year. Yeah, I think Butler's actually got some build-up speed type ability, and I agree with you. He is good at the catch point, but I don't think he's as good as you think he is. He he also doesn't <laughs> complete a lot of catches, and he leaves a lot of stuff on the field. That's what I saw. Um, but I know you're just a huge Iowa State wide receiver fan, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step on your toes too much. No, so my big thing is I think Butler does need some work when he gets to the NFL, but I think he's going to be useful in year one. So I think my big thing is, especially from a Chiefs perspective, in year one, he can still help the team, whether it's out of the slot or just being a red zone target. But I think the ultimate ceiling is there for him to become a lot more. And I think that's the big thing that draws me to him is he's a different kind of receiver than the Chiefs have, but has that high end potential if he starts to figure everything out. And there's plenty to work on, like his releases and getting in and out of breaks faster. So there's something there for him that's just I love the upside this time of year for him no I'm with you man that's fair okay so I've got uh four quick questions I gotta ask you because they come from the mailbag but I figured I'd just pass some of these on to you and to Craig so at Grant TMN Tuttle Teenage Mutant Ninja Tuttle I love it uh I want to I want Matt to answer this one what exactly do you love about round boys kicking the football very important question I mean, my favorite thing is getting the stopwatch out and getting the hang time, but not of the ball, but of the round guy actually jumping when he punts it. (laughs) So anybody that can clear 0.6 seconds is immediately Hall of Fame material for me. No, I just like punters. My whole thing is I've never understood why in high school a punter is usually a better player on a high school football team that just happens to be able to kick the ball, and then all of a sudden you go to college and it transitions from a player that's useful to a team to just a guy who only punts the football (laughs) so give me a big dude back there that worst case scenario if he has to stop somebody if they run into him they get laid out that's all i'm looking for (laughs) i just want a big guy and has anybody seen the ucf punter louder celebration? you give a, a husky punter a golf celebration like that it's over it's elite I mean that's a that's a round one grade on celebrations okay at zach martin tv asks Yay or nay on your guy, Christian Miller, edge from Alabama at number 29. Whew. So we were all good on the yay for Christian Miller being my guy, maybe getting like a stamp of approval going forward. But then you said first round, and I don't think I can buy that kind of Kool-Aid yet. The injury history is there a little bit. Sounds like there's a lingering hamstring thing, so it's not just been a one-time thing. And he's still putting it all together. Ultimately, he was a rotational player for Alabama that was mostly coming in on longer and late downs. So I don't know if you can pull the trigger on him in the first round at this point in time, but tell you what, you give me him in the second round or later, I'm all about it. Yeah, especially if they're going cornerback in the first round. Am I right, Maddie? Correct. I mean, that's how it goes. You get Christian Miller in the second. It's a lot better than Hamp Cheevers. <laughs> at corner. Uh, all right, at Arrowhead Tom uh, asks, want to know the thoughts on Charles Amenahue. I will let you take care of those because I know you have strong opinions on Amenahue. All right, so I got to tread carefully on this one because I know Amenahue has a lot of fans all over the place, especially with Chiefs fans. I think he's a very good football player. 
I don't mind him as an edge player, but I like him a lot more as an interior defensive lineman, or at the very least, kind of a four or five tech on a three frame, a three man front. Just because I don't think he has the ability to bend the edge like some people seem to. He has to soften the edge to turn it. He doesn't have great flexibility, and while his burst up the arc is pretty decent, it's just he's a little too stiff and long. It just leaves himself susceptible to getting hands up underneath him and push him wide. We saw it time and time again at the Senior Bowl. Anytime he went against an offensive tackle that could move their feet, he was forced to move to make an inside move, or he was just going on a 12-yard ride up the arc. And that's kind of what I saw from him on film. So I would be a little leery of putting him as a pure end or edge player at the NFL, but rather somebody that can move around a little bit and offer more flexibility. I got one more for you, Maddie, and we'll let you get back to vacationing, you bum. Uh, at Molisol asks, does Max Crosby fit what Steve Spagnolo wants from a defensive lineman? He is a flat-out stud. Man, Kent set me up to just be Mr. Negativity on this, uh, I guess this podcast so. here. He just hit me with all these questions. Uh, Max Crosby's a good player for the college game. He's only like he's six foot four, six foot five, but only about two hundred and forty pounds, and he played on the edge. But he doesn't have much burst or bend, so he's an, definitely has an edge body. But he's going to have to learn to play more on the interior, of the NFL level, or he's just going to be kind of a backup rotational special teams player. I love his hand usage. I was going through more film just to make sure I was ready for this and. His hands are great. They just don't pack a lot of power. Once he gets them where he wants, he can't beat a tackle once he has that opening because he just doesn't have that kind of burst. He's a guy that I think really capped out on the ceiling in college. And for the NFL, he's going to have to pack on some weight and learn to play more with his hand in the dirt or he's just going to be a special teams kind of guy going forward. That's fair enough, man. Uh, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie, we'll talk to you on the AP Lab next week. You can find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. We have Craig Stout, who is in the middle of watching Sporting Kansas City, his second love. I said second, Craig, not first. Steve Spagnuolo's defense is your first. We, we're but, not getting uh, we, into this again. I, I got enough hate <laughs> the first time. We're just going to leave this alone. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, for taking some time out of your day to uh to to grace us with your presence i really appreciate it yeah i appreciate you guys you know finding time in your day for me personally i i really <laughs> we care about you craig <laughs> we, we care about it. this is actually an intervention you watch too much soccer so it's uh, it's the first game of the year is too much uh yes. again we're not getting into the, this uh, it's draft it season up. It is draft it's season. It's draft season. <laughs> Craig, you have watched more soccer today than I have in the last two years. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm, I mean, I'm taking some pride in that bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we just need you to get back to working on our draft guide. Oh. How, do how we have cool? one of Did, those? I, yeah. I I I'm just so happy. Like this is just so cool that we finally got to launch this thing. I mean, we've been talking about it for like almost a year. Almost. Yeah, it it's been a really long time and we have so many people that ask us so much stuff about the draft and about how we're going to handle it and the plans going forward and everything like that. So it's nice to have all of that out there. We can kind of refer people to the link. You can go buy it. You can have the best Chiefs draft coverage in Kansas City. You just need to do it. 
I, I, I'm so glad I don't have to ever say, oh, we're, there's something in the works, you know, because right. I feel like I've been saying that for like four months. Yeah, yeah, it, at least, you know, it, it really has been a long time of people just trying to figure out what we're going to do and us having to keep that at arm's length until we got everything sorted out. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're moving on. So let's let's talk about some prospects on the offensive side of the football that, um, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the defensive side of the football t- next week. And I know you're going to love that, but. I, that doesn't, you know, you know. I know you've got some offensive takes too. It's not like you're, you know, you're not as you're. You're the most well-rounded person I know on the planet, anyway, because you're like an engineer and a brewer and a defensive analyst and a draft expert. Now, um, give me an offensive player uh, that you're most excited to see at the combine here uh, this this next week. Okay, so I'm going to give you this guy. He's probably going to test really well. His name is Titus Howard from Alabama State. He's an offensive tackle. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. He's 6'5", 299. He's played right and left tackle, but he's a former quarterback and basketball star. He comes kind of with this athleticism kind of built in already. He, he is a quick guy. He, he has a bunch of athletic traits to him, but he's horrendously unrefined as an <laughs> offensive tackle. We kind of got to see him play, and boy, he, he throws some haymakers with his hands outside of his body. <laughs> so he's a guy that I think is going to run really well, and he's going to test really well. And just from a morbid curiosity standpoint, I think his drills are going to be phenomenal to watch. Well, we got a good kick out of just watching him at the Senior Bowl. He was a good watch because, like you said, he's got the athleticism and he's fun to watch. He's got the long arms and the feet. And sometimes he'll put it together and you're like, oh, my gosh, like you got a player here. And then other times he is just like (laughs) flailing his arms like a madman. And like, what are you doing, Titus? What are you doing? There was there was a moment on day two when we were sitting in the film room because it got rained out and we're sitting in the film room and Titus had a snap where guy got outside of his body and the play was kind of over and he just whips him and throws him to the ground (laughs) and in this room quiet room we just kept replaying it over and over and over and just laughing our asses off it was fantastic Titus is great to watch. (laughs) <laughs> He's a fun one. Uh, okay, so I want to ask you about a guy that you think that can help themselves the most here uh, next week in Indianapolis. Uh, a guy that uh, is a running back that maybe a bunch of people don't know a ton about is Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. He's a small guy, 5'9", 200 pounds. He's a junior, but last year he had... 1,909 rushing yards and 22 touchdowns on the season. And that was just in 214 carries. He had 8.9 yards per carry. That's ludicrous production. Even though that his, led the, you know, the actually led the even, nation, Craig. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's just ludicrous production. It doesn't matter if you're running against air. That's That's hard to do. But he's not a big guy. He's not especially good moving laterally. He's not really good in pass protection either. And he needs some help kind of catching the ball. He's an excellent runner. If he shows up and shows some improvement on some of those areas of his game and tests well kind of in some some of the short shuttles and things like that, he can really improve his draft stock and shoot up. Even though he's a smaller guy, Tevin Coleman comparisons are going to drive him up 
up, up, up draft boards. No, I do. I agree in a lot of those regards. I like him as a player. Um, I actually, I think I have a fourth round grade on him right now. He could creep up with better testing uh, here. You know, he could creep up a little bit higher with that. So that is definitely a guy that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at as well. Uh, a couple other questions for you. We're just going to take give you a couple of mailbag questions. Uh, at Graver Tanner asks, can you please provide some draft options at the Leo position for the Chiefs by round, Gregory? Give me a oh. first, second, and a third round, Leo. Can you okay. do that? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. Uh, round one, we're probably looking at guys that are going to fall. A Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida maybe uh Brian Burns I know we keep throwing Brian Burns from Florida State out there as a guy that we would really love to fall yep. and I think we're just going to keep throwing that out into the universe and just kind of hope that <laughs> that it goes ahead and happens I think those are the two guys that you'd really look at to play that Leo position in round 1 I just don't know that some of the other guys that'll be around there really have the athleticism to kind of play outside right. there um, moving down the line here, round two, uh, I know Maddie's guy, Christian Miller. He's a guy that we've looked at both a Sam, but I think he's got the athleticism and the bend to play as a Leo as well. And then my guy, DeAndre Walker, will probably be around that area shocked. too. <laughs> shocked that shocked I you're going there. Yeah, he, He's a Georgia outside linebacker. He's played a lot in a two-point stance, but he doesn't look bad in a three-point stance either. He has a lot of work to do. He's a very raw player, but he's built kind of like these Georgia outside linebackers that come out and come into the draft. They all tend to be fairly well-rounded and good pass rushers coming out of that. So he, he's a guy that you can look for. And then it really starts to fall off. Um, <laughs> a guy in round three that that might be there is a guy that also is – entirely raw is Jalen Jelks out of Oregon mm. he's yeah. he's very long he's got a great first step and that's about all he knows what to do with himself right now they they played him all over the line he, he's very tall so they played him a little bit inside a little bit outside he's just not really had coaching or real development as an outside pass rusher. So if you're bringing him in, you're probably not expecting a ton year one, but he's a guy that could really convert that length and speed really well. I know that that's going to draw some Tano passing no comparisons, but I think Jalen Jones is a better overall player I, I, just as a football player. So that's a guy that maybe in round three you could look to pick up. I think he's probably a better athlete too. He's a little more flexible. I, 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 I do too. I, he, he really is explosive and he's got a little bit of bend to him he's he's really a guy that if he had any amount of real good coaching we'd be talking about him middle to high round two probably yeah no i think that's fair uh one quick question for you and we'll we'll, we'll let you go back to your your sport in kansas city uh at cali lakers 1970 asks how do you think greedy williams would fit in steve spagnolo's scheme should we trade up to get him uh, Greedy's a guy that I have currently as my CB2 behind Byron Murphy out of Washington. Greedy is the... I'm sorry, Byron? Byron. Byron oh. oh. Murphy. The yeah. Washington okay. corner. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Thanks. No, we got it. <laughs> Greedy is the prototypical size for a corner, especially a press corner. He's also 
just hugely athletic. He's got speed to burn for days. He's got acceleration. He's got great ball skills. He has the highest ceiling of any corner in this class. He would absolutely fit in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. The problem that you're going to run into with him is they didn't run a ton of match concepts at LSU. I know that Steve Spagnuolo is probably going to implement a lot of those. So if he can, uh, you know, grow accustomed to that, if he can play that sort of way, you know, this processing and reading the routes, I think he can. He seems like he has a pretty high IQ. His real problem for me is that he switches off in a big, bad way, especially when LSU went down. He just kind of took himself out of the game a little bit. He's a guy that you've got to be able to have him focused. You've got to have a good, strong locker room and be able to have him switched on all game long. If you do, he's a shutdown top-end corner. Find him on Twitter at BarleyHop. That's Craig Stout. Thanks for joining us, bud. Thanks, guys. And it is time to answer your questions here on a mailbag. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff to cover here. You guys had some great questions, and we'll just jump right into them. At Henry M. Huss asks, are there any wide receivers or tight ends that in the first round would, if they dropped in the first round, the Chiefs, uh, it would be hard for them to pass up? And yes, there is. There's 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 a few guys. One of them for me uh, is TJ Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa. You're probably going to hear a lot about him moving forward, and it's kind of weird because we have him as a as a top ten grade. A lot of people have him in that top ten range, but you'll see him mocked down in the twenties, in the late twenties and thirties a lot. And he's a guy I I think he's exceptional as a blocker and as a pass catcher. Great athlete, great route runner. If he fell to the Chiefs at twenty nine, I would I I don't think I would feel too upset if they just wound up taking him. Yeah, like what's your valuation of the tight end position? That's that's kind of the question with him. But a lot of people, you know, the last few years, who are the best two tight ends in the NFL? Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. Yep. Well, put them both on the same team because that's because. <laughs> Because that's that's honestly that's that's a lofty Woo! that's a lofty comparison for T.J. Hawkinson, but that's his ceiling. It really is. The guy like him hasn't come out in a while. I mean, Rob, Gronkowski was hurt coming out too. Right. Hawkinson doesn't have any injury issues. Right. I mean, the guy's a redshirt sophomore. He's going to be twenty-one most of his rookie year. Yeah. Um. So, actually, no, he turns twenty-two in July. But still, he's young. He's young. He's healthy. He he doesn't just want to block you. He wants to absolutely embarrass you. Yeah. And he wants to do the same thing catching the ball too so uh tj hawkinson would be a really cool i mean hashtag score 100 i mean that, that you can't you couldn't be mad about that another guy that i think might drop that i think might be valued a little bit higher is the guy we just talked about in dk metcalf mm. he's a guy that would be really interesting just because he's so dynamic he you could you know you could use him in a variety of ways uh he'd be the type of guy that you get on you get him on the field that you just go hurry up and you go you get mismatch after mismatch with him you can line him up in the slot outside you could put him in the backfield you kind of kind of similarly how you use tyree kill but he's just he's Big six tie. five. He might be six <laughs> five two forty. Yeah. Um. So I mean he he's he's a tight end type body that moves like a wide receiver. So yeah. he'd be a guy too that I think if the Chiefs took at twenty nine, you may be going oh man like we need defense. It'd be fun. But he's a guy that I think you could talk yourself into pretty quickly. And but I think also, he could develop too. Like oh, I think yeah. he could develop really well in Kansas he's City too. He played like twelve games in college. Wow. 
because well because he's got some injury concerns but that <laughs> which that's, might be that's, why he would be down there <laughs> that's neither here nor there but that's honestly that's the that's this 29 is kind of the sweet spot in the draft for when the top receivers and when some of those tight ends are going to be going yeah so that's when you look at the way the draft is going to fall and what you know where the value lies and where they're picking that's really where it lies and that's not maybe what Chiefs fans want to hear but that's kind of Right now, it looks like that might be the reality of it. If right. The, if the Chiefs want to draft a defensive player, they might need to do something that we're going to talk about in a little bit here. I'm sure, yeah. Um, okay, so at Wasted Motion asks, pick one later round running back and why? Uh, Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma, Justice Hill from Oklahoma State, or James William from Washington State. So uh, for me... I really like James Williams as as a late round guy. Um, I think I don't like I don't know if I like his running back traits as much as I like his ability to catch the ball. Um, and that's just I think that would be a nice trait and nice piece to add to this offense. You know, a guy that can you know can be more dynamic as a pass catcher, um, and that's valuable in this modern day NFL. So if you gave me the choice of those three guys, I think James Williams has a role on this team right now. And for me, this is an easy pick. It's Rodney Anderson because he would probably be right up there with Josh Jacobs as yes. far as just tools and traits in this draft. Obviously, there are the, the big-time health concerns with Rodney Major. Anderson. He was healthy, what, one year out of three? I don't even know if – maybe. But even I, He so, got hurt, like, all the time. He was a variety of injuries. I know he was healthy for one full season, but if you get him in the fifth round, fourth, fifth round, and he, honestly, if Rodney Anderson is healthy one of his rookie contract years, I think that's worth it because he's probably yeah. going to be your lead back and be a stud for that year. That's true. But uh, that's, you know, that's a swing for the fences type pick. For sure. For sure. At Wichita Chiefs, Sam asks, thoughts on Keenan Brown from Texas State? Graded really well on pro football focus. Is he truly a good prospect? Jake, I think you did his evaluation, so you tell me what you think about Keenan Brown. Yeah, Keenan Brown's a, a fun player. Uh, I actually, I threw his name out there in, in, the, uh, in the group text just because he was the guy that really stood out to me right away. And that's not something I do with every guy. Some guys yeah. you just kind of hammer through and you just it's kind of ho hum. But he is he's he's fun to watch. He's he's really he's a plus athlete for the position. He's obviously a lot shorter than what you'd want. He looks like he he's listed at six two. I would be wouldn't be surprised if he's shorter than that. <laughs> but he is he, he's got these arms that just like he can scratch his shins. I mean he's got really <laughs> he's got really I mean it, it looks like he's got really long arms. It'll be interesting to see how he measures in. And if he has that, you know, if you're not a six five guy but you got those long arms, then you kind of you you have the catch radius. But he. To, to kind of keep it short on him, he's an interesting guy because he's obviously a way better athlete than what he really was playing against a lot of times. When Texas State switched quarterbacks midway through the year, he looked like a different player because they, they switched from a quarterback that they, he was kind of a run-centric type guy to more of a pure, pure passer, and you could tell they were looking for him early and often after that. So he's a, he's a fun player, good player, good athlete. I think he'd be worth the late-round late round flyer on for sure. At the Mole Man asks, thoughts on Jonathan Abram? Would he be a good selection for the Chiefs uh, with their first pick? I like Jonathan Abram. I talked a little bit about him last week. He is kind of your uh, alternative to if Eric Berry or Landon Collins isn't there. He's a box safety. I don't think I like him in round one. I think his 2018 tape was fantastic, a lot better. Uh, it's still, I have a, you know, I have a, you know, s- 
high sec or a high third, low two kind of grade on him right now. So I'm not sure that I like the value uh, in round one. At Ojeda Gomez asks, is there any players or scenarios where you would trade some draft picks? If so, what kind of players would you would you want back? Yeah, I mean, Jake kind of, I think, alluded to it. There might be some situations when it comes to the draft day where it's going to be really hard for them to get someone they want on the defensive side of the football. It's just going to be really interesting to see after the combine specifically what happens with some of these grades. Um, you know, because if a guy like Byron Murphy, he might just shoot all the way up the draft boards where he sh- deservedly should be. Yeah, and so if they're going to trade up for an impact player like you talked about that's what they're going to need to do because just the way the board falls I talked about it with the receiver in the tight end position the board does not and so I say this we don't know we don't know how the board's going to fall right. so you can never say never but just from the I optics I didn't think Breland Speaks was going 46 last year so I yeah, mean stuff, you know stuff like that we, we, yeah nothing, nothing to say on that <laughs> um, so you never know who's going to fall but just the way it looks right now it, they're going to need to trade up I would say to get really an impact defensive player so if they're going to do that Brett Veach has talked about being being aggressive yeah. let's put your money where your mouth is let's see it he's done it in the past see if you'll do it again and if you talk about even before you know the draft even starts i think there's guys that you know if, if they want to throw I, I could see them going out and throwing you know I, I i wouldn't be stunned if they threw one of their second round picks at an impact veteran you know like and i think that might have been part of what he was asking too is like yeah there's there's scenarios where they could do that i don't know who it would be right now off the bat because a lot of these guys probably aren't going in trade discussions like marcus peters wasn't before he got traded so um but yeah i mean you could see that you could see him maybe moving on from a from, or moving for on from an asset to acquire a player i mean the patriots have done really good with that at david made a seven asks in many mocks i see the top three cornerbacks are gone before the chiefs first round pick what position of need has the depth where the chiefs are in a position to get value at the end of the first and i mean jake you said none i mean yeah right now it doesn't look great does it i mean unless you're comfortable with taking like a like a nasir adderley yeah who a lot of people i think are starting to cool on a little bit after the senior bowl he might pick his stock back up after after this uh combine week but he kind of seems like uh, kind of a, a, a popular pick for right. them as, as well as uh, DeAndre Baker. Baker. But, I mean, I, I think if you if you if you listen to his question, I think he probably clumps DeAndre Baker in there yeah. with him. Which I mean, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I know a lot of people are, but um, yeah, there's mm. there's situations where the board could not fall particularly great for the Chiefs, and that's why you, you're probably going to hear a lot of of Chiefs being aggressive. Uh, at low lip McGee asks in general, what do you value more when you're evaluating a prospect production or potential? For example, players like Jimmy Moreland, who has 18 interceptions and six touchdowns in his career versus one year wonder types like player players like Christian Miller. So I, I think, you know, Jimmy Moreland played at a lower level. Um, so I think there's kind of like a, a mixture there. I would say I, I typically like the traits more than I like the production because there's all kinds of situations that could, you know, cause for a player to not, you know, particularly reach his ceiling. And then I think you kind of got to look at level of competition too. And ideally you want both, you right? Know, you want both. Uh, I think that that's the hardest thing, and that's a really, really good question. Yeah, it is. That's the hardest thing to evaluate is where is a where is a player on their developmental timeline? That's also why you'll see a guy like Tremaine Edmonds go in the first round. Right. Not a super productive player at Virginia Tech, but he was like 19, 20 years old, right. uh, just oozing with potential, and he goes in the top 20. So you see stuff like that, um, but that's honestly, that's why guys that are really good at this 
are really good at this is because they they can kind of figure out you know what is this guy, guy going to be in three or four years as opposed to maybe what you're getting now and there's also value in some guys are saying you know some of these guys are developed and this is what they're going to be this is it sure they're, and and there's value in that as well and just kind of knowing hey that's what we're going to get with this guy. Be good with it. And I think, you know, both both situations play out well. Like some guys are very productive players that get put in a great situation. They have a clear defined role. They may not have the athletic upside of other players, but they are able to work with a specific role. And then, you know, some players are just w- really well developed by certain coaching staffs, um, you know, and, and it allows them to, you know, maybe take some bigger risks on potential and develop them up to their ceiling. So it, it's it's a great question. Ask uh, at Graham Ballard asks last question. Uh, is it? Oh, sorry, he says last question, but he's got a few. I'm gonna ask all these because I think they're great. Um, let's go with this first one. Which scenario is most likely? The Chiefs staying at 29 and taking de- uh, defensive best player available. Chiefs see what de- defensive players fall regardless of position and move up to take them. Uh, like a Derwin James situation, maybe it's Ed Oliver this year. Woo. Or uh, scenario three, it falls like crap and they trade back. Uh, hammer scenario two, Brett Veach trading up. The man used one of his original picks in the 2018 draft. Everything else was traded for. So uh, yeah, I would I would hammer that. Um, at Graham Ballard asks again, I keep hearing pundits gripe about Ed Oliver's size or lack thereof. I don't watch film. You guys do strictly coming out of college. How does he compare to Glenn Dorsey? Also just placed my pre-order excited. We're excited too, Graham. Hey, be Thank like, you. be like Graham. Be like, I Graham. like Graham. I like Graham. Uh, do you want to handle, do you want to handle the question? I can, I can handle it either way. Yeah, no, I don't think Ed, Ed Oliver is much like Glenn Dorsey at all, actually. Uh, just because I think Glenn Dorsey was more, I mean, the only thing I think they're really similar is their size, right? Sure. Ed Oliver yeah. is kind of a unicorn at the position yeah. because, and I think that's the problem with him is people don't really know what to do with him. We know he's a good football player, but he's going to come in undersized. He's going to blow up the combine, but it's just, what what do you do with him? I think with Glenn Dorsey, it was pretty clear what he was and what, and what he could do. Um, but so I don't think there's a, I don't think that's a great comp. I, I can see where you get that from. Uh, but I think Ed Oliver is kind of, is kind of tough to, to compare it to anyone because he's rare. I mean, Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver looks like a defensive back at times in some of the footwork drills you've seen. You've, you've heard the rumors of teams thinking about trying to play him at off ball linebacker. I think that's insane. Uh, I would just figure it out with him. Just like find somewhere along the defensive line and play, play him. him, play him off ball, play him edge, put him at Wherever. one tech, three tech, five. Tech. I don't care. He's, he's going to be he's good. good. He's a great player. And uh, I think he's going to wind up in the top five for us. Uh, in the KC draft guide, so um, a great player. I think he's. I think he's a better prospect than Glenn Dorsey was coming out too. Yeah, frankly. Um, so you know, I'm a big fan of his. And uh, if the Chiefs got him and just figured it out, we've had this conversation in the DMs a lot. Just figure it out. If if Ed Oliver is available, just figure it out. He's a great football player. Uh, he's a guy that you want to try to accommodate bringing in. Um, last question from Graham Ballard. It sounds like Jabal Jakai Polite uh, may have some motivational issues. You guys seem to be enamored with him. If true, how does that impact your opinion on polite? So we're going to continue to just try to acquire information over the, you know, the time, because there is some stuff out there that says, you know, there might be some issues with Jakai polite, maybe just maturity issues. I think is really the, the majority of it just is it, there might be a few maturity issues with him. So, you know, right now, 
uh, we're still kind of in that evaluation mode. It'll certainly, you know, play into it as well, as well as other guys, you know, in this, in this whole process. So that's something we're keeping an eye on. Uh, but I like Ja'Kai Polite as a player. Um, last question of the day, Jacob, uh, at will Patasic asks, uh, or P Tasic. I I'm gonna have to ask him afterwards. Uh, do you think the chiefs have specific players they are willing to be aggressive for or with a philosophical, uh, shift in the defense, do they try and maximize the number of picks by trading down? So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think Brett Veach is, he's said this a lot. And I think he said this in interviews with, uh, BJ Kissel from chiefs.com too recently is, you know, if they see a guy they like, they're going to go get him. They want him. So they are, they're very intentional about how their, their board is built. Their process is in acquiring players. They're going to be, um, you know, they, they, they pick with conviction. They picked with conviction, conviction with Breland speaks. They, they've picked with conviction with Derek Nottie, which is why they said, I see this guy. I like this guy. I have a role for him. I'm going to make sure I get him. And I think that's going to be Brett Veach's philosophy here in this draft too, especially with, Oh, excuse me. Especially with additional draft cap. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there because Brett Veach is in his second year of being the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's hard to say and hard to kind of pigeonhole anyone and say these are the types of players that he likes. I think he's just the kind of guy that kind of has a gut instinct on some guys and he just says... I like this guy. You know, it's maybe he doesn't have a great RAS score. Maybe he doesn't prefer athletes. Maybe he doesn't prefer that, you know, a cornerback be a certain height. Maybe he just likes guys and he goes and gets them. That's that's what I would lean towards right now as well. It will be interesting as the years progress um, to kind of see, and you can start charting some of those things. But as of right now, I think the sample size is just too small to really say these are the specific traits and things that he likes in his, you know, his players. And I, I think he's got them. It's just going to be it'd be interesting to see which ones they are. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you want to try to find the draft guide, it's pinned to my profile. There's links all over the place. There's discounts. You can get it for six ninety nine while uh, you know while we're doing this whole pre order special. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for making this draft guide a, a, a possibility. Honestly, we're so grateful for everybody that listens to this show. We will see you next week profiling the defensive side of the football for the combine.